0: You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT the Brick.
1: Did I miss anything? If these guys on this team aren't as pissed off as I am by the coverage of the national media, the amount of disrespect I see this team getting, these guys should be angry and pissed off at the way they're being treated and looked at. Most people don't think that the Raiders are going to compete and do anything. They all think we suck. Always negative on the Raiders nationally. As the pundits are saying, we're a four-win team. We're a five-win team but I am specifically calling out ...some of the loud voices in the Raider Nation. J.T. the Brick. It's Raider bias. It's the whole reason I'm on the radio is to just try to control the narrative a little bit better. Now I got your attention. On good days, we need to be great. Put that in a promo in 3, 2, and 1. On good days, we need to be great around here. Do we all agree? And now, the Pied Piper of Raider Nation Radio. Here's J.T. the Brick. Out of the gate, J.T. with you as I open up the show from Raiders Headquarters... For every Monday we have Raiders press conference live locally in Vegas on Fox 5 at 1 o'clock. We knock that out and I'm able to stay here and do the radio show. Always appreciate being live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Raiders HQ as we are brought to you by P.T.'s, Taverns, everything that they have going. Hockey jersey giveaway. How about that? Hockey's back there kicking off the season with a chance to win a VGK P.T.'s hockey jersey at the end of the month. Two lucky winners will be chosen at each Tavern. Remember, they have 64 to 65 taverns here in the Valley. That's a big-time deal. And the food, go get it. Hometown Sports Specials will be going all month long. Beer pitcher specials, pretzel bites, mini dogs. Get to the nearest PTs today. So I called this show The Aftermath on Monday. If there's a loss, it's a celebration. If it's a win, and after hosting the postgame show Sunday after the loss, a lot of fans are angry. A lot of people are fed up. A lot of people are really angry about the way the team is losing games and how they're just, they're just not finding their footing. It's just not working right now with this team that played another close game with an opportunity to tie the game. I'm not talking about winning. I'm talking about tying the game late, and they weren't able to do it on a costly interception from Aiden O'Connell. Let me put Aiden O'Connell in perspective as we open up the show. I said all last week, and I said on the pregame show, I wasn't going to judge him after one game. That's not fair to do. The three turnovers are rough. and He turned it over three times. Never should have thrown that last interception. But I thought he showed a lot of character, a lot of poise. When the ball did come out on time to Devontae on fourth down, a couple of the throws that he made, I thought it was a terrible officiated game. But Raider fans have been saying that since the beginning, the dawn of the NFL The deep ball to Jacoby, which he caught. Then there was offensive pass interference. A couple of the checkdowns to Josh Jacobs in space where Josh Josh had a a big game, eight receptions for 81 yards and 11 targets, the most in his career. And overall, I thought Aiden put enough on tape for the league to say, this guy's good, and that's his first ever game, and he was in the game. He was in the game the entire game, but Khalil Mack had six sacks, which is mind-blowing if you think about it. And then the rest of the game, you know, the Raiders continue to shoot themselves in the foot with costly penalties, lining up offsides, late hit on Justin Herbert, holding, whatever it is, pre-snap penalties. And we keep hearing about it getting cleaned up. Is it going to get cleaned up? It doesn't matter. If it doesn't get cleaned up, they're not going to win. I didn't expect them to have penalties like this. Costly mental mistakes. That's the only thing that we can talk about here on the radio. We didn't play. Only a tiny percentage of our listeners have played professional football. So for all of us who haven't played, let alone played college or high school, the only thing you can criticize is mental mistakes. When you look at your TV and go, what the hell was that? And there's just too many on a team where there's a lot of discipline around this team in this building. There's a lot of teaching. They're trying to put the smarter players in play. And if you're going to say we're trying to get smarter players to be more explosive, and those smarter players are lining up off sides or hitting the quarterback laid out of bounds, And this continues to happen. There's a problem because that doesn't showcase the skill set of the entire organization to get better. So I think it's very frustrating that in the last Raiders, two losses in Buffalo, we know what happened in Buffalo, put that aside. But the loss to Pittsburgh and especially the loss to the Chargers, they should have had an opportunity to win both those games. They had to tie him first. They would have to tie the game with an opportunity to win the game. And I thought that the Raiders showed tremendous heart, tremendous grit. They do fly to the ball better than they did two or three weeks ago. There's a lot of encouraging news on the defense heading into this Monday night game. They shut out Justin Herbert in his home stadium, shut him out in the second half of the game. Be as critical as you want, but I give that defense credit for keeping the team in the game. And it's mind-blowing to me that the offense can't get going. And the offense can't be not only great, which I understand they're not great, but they could be. I, I really think they could be if they play better football, or at least they should be productive and average. They're not even average. And that's, a, that's troublesome to me because when you have Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Trey Tucker, Hunter Renfro, Michael Mayer, you have all these players and Jacoby Myers. You've got to be average to above average. And if you do that, I think the Raiders can win some games. So I'm laughing with my buddies. I got a bunch of buddies, and two of them are season ticket holders. And I said, well, this is kind of like my last stand here on the radio for wins and losses. It is. This is it for me. I mean, I'm going to root for the Raiders to win every game. I'm going to go to every game. I'm honored to work here. I think that they're going to win games this year. That's never been a doubt in my mind. But now it has to happen. We're at a point in the season which is absolute make or break. I believe the Raiders can. It's the only time I said this. I said it in the preseason when the schedule came out. Schedule comes out. I love that show. We kind of look around. Where's the bye week? Are we going to play on Christmas, holidays? What's going on? Well, these next three games, I think the Raiders can win and go 3-0. and And if you're laughing and you're pulling over to the side of the road, um, I'm not going to mock you. You could be saying that at me. That's not being a homer. That's not being a guy. I really believe that if the Raiders are going to have any success this year, any success at all, and do something that could be productive in turning the season around, it's got to be the next three games. So I'm all in on that. Now, if you blow me up after the first game and the Raiders can't beat Jordan Love on Monday Night Football, I'm going to continue to do what I believe is a great show with passion and energy, get everybody involved, put the guest on, and we'll do it. But it's go time now. It's got to be go time, because the Raiders have done some things that lead you to believe that maybe, if they can clean up the penalties, which is a big part of what I'm going to be talking about today, they can put together some good games. And when Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, that Jimmy Garoppolo is due to play some good games, it looks like Josh Jacobs is finding his footing and going to play better. We know what Devonte can do. How lucky are we that Devonte didn't get lost for the year, blowing out his clavicle or his shoulder, going down to the ground, the guy went to the locker room came out. He is a warrior. For doing that, But a lot of things have to happen, and none of it can happen unless the Raiders beat Green Bay. I mean, if the Raiders can't beat Green Bay at home, how are they going to beat Detroit and Detroit on Monday night if they can't win at home on Monday night? How are they going to win some of these other games on the schedule? So I'm pretty optimistic if you know me. A lot of people do know me. Most don't. I'm pretty optimistic about life in general, waking up every day, having a great family, kids, wife, all the things, the jobs I have but I'm really optimistic that something better happen in the Green Bay game. Okay? Something's got to happen in the Green Bay game. There's too many clean-it-up press conferences, and I've said that in the past with every coach who's ever been here, and I know them well, and they're working their ass off, and they're good guys, and they're trying to win. That's never in doubt. That's never in doubt. The game plan is usually strong. Something is missing from the practice field to game day. I don't know what it is, but something is missing where the players are making mistakes that the coaches don't teach. So this one, again, I know you're all over the coach. I get it. I know you're all over a couple of the players, individual players. But in general, let's stop this. Let's get to work and do your job and stop with the penalties. This team isn't good enough to have eight or nine penalties in a game and a couple of ones that are mind-blowing. They're just not good enough. Kansas City's good enough. Dallas is good enough, Philly and the Niners are good enough to have eight penalties and lose a game. The Raiders are not. So all of this has got to be fixed. We know they're trying to fix it. You don't think every coach is in their office right now looking on their remote at film going, "How did this happen? Well, why didn't you line up here? Where were you supposed to be? Let's fix this so it doesn't happen again." They're doing that. That's what they get paid to do. They don't play, they coach, and they coach the players to be in the right position at the right time. Something is missing on game day after warm-ups where there is a bad mistake or a bad series of mistakes that happen in the game that put the Raiders behind. In down and distance, the other team scores, and the next thing you know, the Raiders are trying to chase a lead, and they're trying to go after a lead. I don't know how that gets fixed. I don't care. It's got to be fixed by Monday night. It has to be. They're home. They get an extra day. Now, Green Bay hasn't played since last Thursday. It looks like a real buy for them. If they were playing on Sunday in the early window, okay, everybody who plays on Thursday plays the following Sunday. They're playing the last game of the week after playing Thursday the week before. I mean, you want to talk about rest and being ready to go, Green Bay will be ready to go. But I got to assume as I sit inside the building today that when Jimmy G clears protocol, and I'm shocked he hasn't, but I'm not a trainer and a doctor, that Jimmy G will be back and Jimmy G will put this team in a position to beat Mac Jones and New England Patriots after he beats Green Bay and then go into Chicago. And Chicago's going to be a road game, and they're a pretty bad team. But if the Raiders can handle this moment, if they can handle this moment that they worked the entire offseason on, OTAs, training camp, preseason games, all of that, they've now worked themselves to this three-game window. So that's it. I'm not just saying, hey, come with me. Get on the boat with me. We're going to burn the ships, right, all that. I'm not asking you to do that. But I'm asking you to at least look at the big picture for the entire season in this next three-game window with two games at home and an opportunity to play Jordan Love, who's never played in his career until now because of Aaron Rodgers. Mac Jones, he might be benched before that game. There's talk in New England of benching him and sitting him down. Belichick's coming up the worst loss of his career. And Chicago is a dumpster fire. The Raiders are in really close games, one-score games. Other than Buffalo, that's not the case. Chicago finds every way to lose. So that's what I got as we open up the show, 702-365-9200. I think we should probably spend most of the day on Aiden O'Connell and how you think he performed, what he was able to do. I thought he showed great composure, as I said, very composed, looked like a starting quarterback, on the bench with the tablet, coming out there, throws a, makes a fumble, you know, turns it over, runs off the field, not sulking, throwing his helmet. He looked very composed, and he should be. His wife's there. He's older beyond his years. I thought he has the moxie to be a quarterback in this league. And then we're up to another decision that I disagree with, but I respect the decisions that are made. The interception on the final play really for the Raiders there, I can't believe that he was called on to make that play. I think he can make that play, but he threw a ball to Jacoby Myers, and Jacoby wasn't even looking at it. He basically threw the ball to his back where Josh Jacobs was running well. Not great. Josh didn't have a great game. Give me a break. Look at the numbers for the rushing game. They did not have a great game. Stop it. Don't tell me the running game's going. Josh Jacobs as a receiver is going. The running game did not have a big play. But I think I would have given it to Josh Jacobs twice. And I think most people would have at the goal line there. I think two shots to, for Josh Jacobs, one inside, maybe one outside, whatever it is. Then you got a third and fourth down to get the ball to Devontae. With all due respect to Hunter and Jacoby, Devontae caught a ball on fourth and ten, which saved the game and gave the opportunity for the Raiders to tie and maybe win the game. And Devontae is running a route with Jacoby Myers, The young quarterback is sprinting out of the pocket to the right, and he basically throws it to Samuels, just throws it to his chest, because the play was not executed the way they ran the play in Henderson, which is a problem. And the coach called the play. Probably best to run the ball there, but he had a vision on why he was going to do it there. Going to run the play towards two of the Raiders' best players, their best players, Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams. That's on Aiden. He made a really bad decision and a terrible throw. That can't happen. This is the NFL. That can't happen. But he's a rook. Never played in the NFL. Was the spot too big for him? Absolutely that play and that spot was too big for him. Because the minimum is he should have thrown it out of the back of the end zone and it would be second and goal. And then the game was over after that. So there's a lot of criticism of what happened in the game. But I'm more on top of let's get by this one. And let's figure out a way that possibly something good could happen here. Because I really do think something should be happening here that's better. If you don't agree with that, I greatly respect your opinion. Just don't make it personal. Don't make it personal on this show. Do not. You won't be here. Be critical. Be harsh. Be critical. Do not make it personal. And for this three-week stretch, I think that everybody's got their back up against the wall. I think that everybody's looking at each other going, you hear Josh will play Josh Jacobs in the locker room, Max Crosby in his car last night, Devontae's been very chippy and chirpy when there's a camera in front of him, which is all good. No more excuses. No more. Excuses die, the record stands. Stop with the penalties and play a full football game. You're paid NFL players to play football and not make mental mistakes you got customers paying to see you play, fans traveling, buying airline tickets in hotel rooms. Do not line up offsides. Do not try to kill a quarterback out of bounds when you almost sacked him and go 15 yards. Do not do that. Be better than that. You're taught to be better than that, and these games are life and death to most of us, and they're winnable games. We're not talking playing Kansas City and Kansas City. We're not talking about playing Philly and Philly. We're talking about a stretch in the schedule – if the Raiders play well, they haven't. They played four quarters of really good defensive football combined. The second half against Denver, and the second half against the Chargers, great job by the defense. Great job, Eric Allen, who I just did the show with said something clicked. I go explain. Said something clicked with the scheme. Guys were more comfortable getting to the ball because the missed tackles in the first half were really tough to see. I mean, how many missed tackles were there? Jason Horowitz, I think on the call before halftime, said six or seven. Missed tackles that resulted in what? An additional five, six, seven, eight, nine yards? That can't happen. But that isn't a mental mistake. That's a physical mistake. My dad was a legendary Little League coach, still with us at 85. And my dad, at a very young age, with everyone he coached, always said the same thing. I'll never get upset with you if you make a mistake. Ball goes through your legs, you drop it off your glove, never. I'll be upset if you make a mental mistake. If you make a mental mistake and you do something, running into the third out, or getting doubled up because you didn't leave, didn't tag up, you're out. If you make a mental mistake, that's critical. The Raiders are making too many mental mistakes, and they shouldn't be. The coach is a stickler to details and fundamentals, fundamentals. Not saying the play calling is what I agree with all the time. You know that. But he preaches and teaches to stay composed and run the play and don't screw the play up because you made the mistake of jumping off sides, holding, hitting someone out of bounds, doing something that messes up the entire drive. Hey, everybody, these mistakes are killing drives. First and 10 coming to third and 30. Give me a break. That can't happen anymore. So the optimism for me, man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh? With this beauty of a monologue. The optimism for me is that I'm all in. I'll take it one day at a time if you like the cliche. The hell with that. The Raiders need to win three in a row. The tension around the building should be we're going to win three in a row. We're gonna win the games on our schedule that you're paid millions of dollars to win against teams that are either equal to us or we're a little bit better personnel wise, and we got to go win these games, and that could get the Raiders to three and three or four and three, and then you know a little bit of a mental break to kind of look around and look at the landscape and say, all right, let's start picking games against better teams. Maybe we can steal one or two, but these games aren't. Let's steal a game against the Packers at home. Let's not steal a game against New England. Go win those games. Win two in a row, you get to three and three. I think it changes everything. If I'm wrong, you know where to find me. I ain't ducking any of you. I'm right here. I'm at the torch. I'm at the black hole tailgate. I'm in the building. I'm trying, man. I'm trying to see something big here for this team. This is the only window I see it. I know they're gonna win games later in the season. I think they can do things. I think they can shock a team here. They can beat Detroit. The Giants and the Jets. Hallelujah. The Giants and the Jets. I didn't even get to the Giants and the Jets yet. But do something in those three games. Give the fans something to look at. That's productive football. And if the Raiders can do that, they can get right back into the season. Not as a division winner, but they can be in the conversation and something good possibly could happen. Chris and West Oakland. Opens up the show. Chris, thanks for starting us off. What do you got?
2: Hey, JT. Yeah, I didn't get for one of the few times I didn't get a chance to hear the post game. I had something to do yesterday, but I'll get to Aiden O'Connell in just a minute. I want to talk about, you know, I still can't quite put my finger on this team, JT. We talk about two weeks in a row they've lost one score games. And yes, the defense has done a better job in the second half keeping it close. But in both games, the defense has let the game get out of hand to the point of down 23-7 and 24-7 to Pittsburgh and the Chargers. I, I think the biggest shock to me yesterday is that Herbert only threw 24 passes again, helping the Raiders out. I know they ran the ball early. So, again, the defense has done a better job, whether it's an adjustment, whether it's the other team taking their you know foot off the gas. I don't know what it is, but while they're doing a the game, tell me two weeks in a row, JT, going into the third quarter, I'm sitting there talking to my buddies thinking, how is this only a one-score game? They're hanging around. They're resilient. Now, they've got to figure out a way to keep the game close and not get down three scores so the D- the D- offense doesn't have the-, the pressure of coming back, especially with a rookie quarterback. However, yesterday, while they did a good job, listen, Trayvon Merritt finally got an interception. It was airmailed right to him. But he also dropped one right in his hand that cost him three points. And the play before that, Marcus Peters, who, you know, we could – I don't know if Marcus Peters is done, disillusioned, or what. He just doesn't look like a guy that wants to play football Other than a couple of drops, interceptions, I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot so far. And I'm just looking at the body language. He looks like a guy that's just going through the motions out there. I don't know that that's true. I'm just saying that's what it looks like to me. So so going forward, we'll talk about the games against uh, Green Bay. I won't go any further than that later in the week. But this defense, while they've improved in the second half, has got to find a way to keep this game close to second and third quarter So, we're not down 17 points going into the fourth quarter. Because even though they're one score losses, this isn't like last year when you go back, it was close the whole way. They've been out of basically the last three games, they've been out of it going into the fourth quarter. They've just somehow managed to crawl their way back in. Aiden O'Connell, no blame whatsoever. He did what rookies do. I believe yesterday was the first day he was even active for a game. So to throw him in there at the end of the game, and by the way, let's thank Boy Blunder again going for it on fourth down but getting bailed out. Uh, I, it's just a matter of time before this clown gets fired. But again, I, I know that was a tough play. A veteran, when it, when it, that, that quick fade there in the corner or to, to Jacoby Myers wasn't there. Somebody with a little more experience probably airmails that into the fourth row, and it's only second down. I can't blame O'Connell. I want to see him protect the ball a little bit more. You're right. He shows some moxie. He shows some poise. I'm a little concerned going forward as far as the quarterback of the future. I don't know that he's got elite arm talent, that he's ever going to be that type of quarterback, but he seems to have the intangibles. And for a kid that was thrown in there, I can't say a road game, JT, because let's be honest. Yesterday's game was more of a home game than the week before at Allegiant Stadium, so the crowd noise wasn't a factor. He just fumbled a couple of balls and did what rookies do. That being said, I don't want to hear any more of this ridiculousness that he needs to start going forward. Number one, Josh, you know, Coach McDaniel's has got to win games. He's not going to be able to win five games this year and keep his job, I believe. So he's not just going to sacrifice the season to see if the young kid can play. They give Jimmy G a lot of money. He's their best chance to win games on offense. I hope they can get it going at some point, but let's just hope he comes out next week because I do believe with a healthy Jimmy G, we possibly probably win that game yesterday. So again, JT, I can't quite put my finger on this team, the Pulse. I don't know what they are. I I just, they need to put together a full Four quarters of football, and let's hope it's going to happen against Green Bay because I can't say I'm confident, but you're right. This isn't the Chiefs coming in next week. This isn't the Eagles coming in. The, you know Green Bay is no world beater, but they've got to figure out something that's going on. And, oh, one final thing, I will give the coach a pass where I heard these morons blaming him yesterday for the penalties. I'm a coach myself at a, at a junior college, in nowhere comparing myself to an NFL coach. But I promise you, I promise you Coach McDaniels isn't teaching a cornerback to line up farther in the freaking backfield than the left tackle. That's inexcusable, and that's on the players. Tillery cost the Raiders a game last year in the same stadium against the Rams with an egregious, Ruffing the passer on fourth and 17. Those aren't on the coaches. At some point, the players have to be held accountable, and I won't blame the coaching staff for that. Now, if you keep putting the same dummies out there, that's a different matter. But this team is not good enough, like you said, to shoot themselves in the foot with so many self-inflicted wounds. Let's hope they can clean that up, and let's beat Green Bay. I won't look any further than that. This team has to prove to me they can win one in a row before I can go for three in a row. Anyway, my friend, thanks for this rant on here. Yep. It makes me feel a little better. I'll talk to yeah, that's
1: why we're here. We're here for everybody to rant and uh, kind of days where it's not looking good. Let it out. Let it out. And Chris is very respectful. He's got great calls and good passion. And as we talked about the monologue, mistakes, the mistakes of penalties is troublesome. In regards to Jimmy G, Coach McDaniels had a press conference earlier this morning and was asked about the status of Jimmy. Here it is. Well, Jimmy would be, I mean, we're just waiting and see. And we're still in that same, under the same uh, you know, conversation we were last week until he clears. So he would have to clear f- first and then we could talk about, you know, that. But, yeah, if if he is, then that's what we do. Yeah, I'm shocked Jimmy hasn't cleared. Again, I don't know the protocol. I'm not a team physician, doctor, trainer at all. I, I'm I'm shocked he didn't clear to play in the last game. He didn't. Or he would have played in the game. That's why Aiden O'Connell played. I'm, I'm blown away that he's not ready to go now. I don't know what's going on. I, I don't. And I'm not going to ask because – it's a medical matter for a player, and it's his privacy. He's got a concussion. He's in concussion protocol. When should he clear? I don't know. My whole life, everybody cleared these things pretty quick. Now the NFL's coming down harsher on it. It's independent, and they're not going to let a player play if he's not 100% ready to go, and that's the way it should be. All right, let's keep it going with Raider Greg. He's up in Sacramento listening on the mobile app. Go ahead, Greg.
0: Hey, JT. Thank you for taking my call. I, I just want to piggyback before I talk about Aiden O'Connell. Of what you said. I was shocked uh, when I heard the report that he said that we're basically in the same position we were last week with Jimmy. That kind of threw me off. I kind of don't know what the concussion protocol, I don't know if it's laid out for us to see, because I've been wondering for that for the last couple years. Of It just seems like there's a different consistency. I don't know if it's based on player or how many plays, so maybe if you could find that out for us and break it down, but uh, secondly, on the Aiden O'Connell, I, I, I like the moxie i seen from Aiden O'Connell. I mean, I can't really judge him off of that game. I look at all the other rookies who played their first game, where it's uh, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young. They all struggled. So, I, I think what I did like, I mean, I know it was a little bit quicker, and you could tell that he kind of got that in the second half. The game was a little faster than he thought it was to be. Obviously, he hasn't played uh, this is his first game, but I like what I've seen from him. I like that he mm-hmm. kept his eyes downfield. Um, and he was under pressure the whole time but he didn't seem shook at all he still was trying to make the play happen so I I, I think I've seen some good things for him we're obviously gonna have to see more uh you know we gotta put Jimmy G back in I mean that's just the fact of the matter he's a veteran he knows the system that's Josh McDaniels guy we gotta let him get through the season with this guy um but on top of that too just with the penalties and the missed tackling really just the penalties didn't shock me because it seems like it's plagued us for years but the missed tackling and that all those plays led to seem like first down on big plays where we could have had them. Um, I think the players seem a little bit hesitant because of those personal fouls that are getting called. It seemed like a couple of times our guys had them and were kind of waiting on the ref to blow the whistle. And, you know, I know they're supposed to play through, but I think there seems like they're a little bit hesitant about that. But I wanted to ask you one question on top of that, JT, about just switching to the offensive line. You know, I heard all year about the Greg Van Roten that they brought in, and he was this lifting guy, and that side was going to, you know, and Jermaine Alumnar yeah. saying him and Colton are going to be the best tackles and all this, but I haven't seen it. I mean, to go from last year being the number one, having the number one rusher and then removing bars and putting the GVR guy who's one of Josh's mm-hmm. guys, I'm just surprised. It seems like the offensive line took a step back. So I wanted to know if you heard anything or if you're seeing anything, because to me that's, the biggest part that shocked me is the offensive line and that we spent so much money on offense and having an offensive-minded coach, but our offense is struggling. So thank you for yep. taking my um, call, JT. Yep. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you, too. Uh, Van Roten won that job over Bars. Bars did not play well, did not look good. He lost that job in camp, period. So if you want to mix and match it or go somewhere else there, I can. I, I've, I w- I've always said the Raiders are dealing with a budget, a cap. you got guys like Devontae Max. Who's ever paid? I've always said another disagreement for me, but it's a, it's a respectful one. Respectful one. I would have taken a respected right tackle in the league who was cut from another team that's played four or five years. Maybe, I mean, they're hard to come by. You know, you got to find a pro bowler from four years ago who's no longer a pro bowler. You put him out at right tackle. And I always thought that would be a better solution than a Luminor or what they were going to do with Mumford. I, I thought that. I'd rather see a guy that I'm familiar with out there. But the philosophy of what they're trying to do here is to keep the cost-effective players and, and improve them and practice them and put them in game situations so they come together. And to the credit of Dave Ziegler, last year the offensive line came around. They had the leading rusher. They played reasonably well. They were better in run blocking than they were in pass protection. Now they don't seem to be really any good at either one. I mean, Khalil Mack had six sacks. Khalil Mack had six sacks. They're making posters in the Charger gift shop. Or Khalil Mack had the greatest game of his life. Running the ball for 50 yards and people are calling my show saying, we got the running game going again. Are you nuts? 50 yards. No, 220 yards is getting the running game going again, 165. So it's accountability time. That's it. They got to play better. We know what they can do. They're not doing it. So hopefully this opponent in Green Bay and the ability this week to get on the same page, get rid of the mistakes, will help the Raiders be in the lead of a game. God, I don't know about you, but I could sure as hell use a game on Monday night where we're up the season ticket holder 17 or 13 points in the fourth quarter. Every game. Every game is this dramatic down, we got to claw back, we got to get a fourth down, we need a fourth down, we need a touchdown and a two-point conversion or an onside kick. Go play a manageable game and go win it. I think they'll do that against the Green Bay Packers Monday night on Monday Night Football. We're brought to you by Modelo, where Modelo has the fighting spirit, all the collector glasses they have now with Jim Plunkett and the Raider Nation. My bucket of Modellos is coming up on Friday. Excited about it. Modello fuels the monologue as we open up the show. When we come back a little bit later on, I'm open till the top of the hour, so keep getting in here. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black. Sam Munson from Boat Football Focus goes around the league at the top of the hour every Monday. And Levi Edwards will join us in studio from the Raiders Digital Department. I'd rather have him in studio with me when I'm here the one day a week, and we'll talk to Levi, who was at the press conference,
0: earlier today on Raider Nation Radio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by P.T.'s, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7 p.m. and midnight to 2 a.m. JT,
1: back with you inside Raiders headquarters at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We're brought to you by Resorts World. We you can go watch football, Monday Night Football. Well, we'll have a couple of appearances here this year. It's just the Raiders are playing on a Monday night early, so we'll start doing it A Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World. Beautiful venue. That's our official home for Monday Night Football. Best views to watch the game, a sports book on site, so you can place your bets. Incredible food and drink specials, an amazing after party with live entertainment right next to the theater where Carrie Underwood performs right next to it, Doghouse Saloon. Inside Resorts World. So we're looking at the game. We're trying to figure out what needs to be fixed. I think everyone's on the same page in the Raider Nation of what needs to be fixed. Mistakes, penalties, that's the big one for me. Got to get Jimmy Garoppolo back to clear protocol. Hopefully that happens this week. The running game, the running game is showing life. Not showing up in the stats, but it's showing life. It looks like Josh is upset. We're going to play some sound from him coming up. He's running hard, and he's outstanding out of the backfield catching the ball. I mean, this is what I've been preaching for a long time since Josh Jacobs came out of Alabama was his ability to catch the ball as a running back. So if you want to look at something really positive for this team, okay, follow me here. Devontae did not get injured. Devontae could be out for six months with that shoulder injury. He's not. He came back and played. Jacoby Myers looks unbelievable. Even though there was a penalty on that big, long throw, he went up against three guys and caught it. The guy's hands are incredible. Hunter Renfro had a catch again, but I don't know what to tell you about Hunter. I'm shocked that he doesn't get eight or nine targets a game. Uh, We got a tight end out of Notre Dame. Thank God for the film on him. Thank God for the film of Michael Mayer because I know he can catch the ball. And then we have Josh as a receiver. Josh Jacobs is finding success out of the backfield. Eight receptions, the second most in his career. 81 receiving yards, a career high. That's a big thing going forward. There's now defensive coordinators have got to be concerned about Josh as a receiver. On top of Devontae, Jacoby, Hunter, Mayer, Trey Tucker when he gets going. The Raiders have offensive weapons. Just need Jimmy Garoppolo to come back and stabilize the offense so all these guys can get into the system and play better. Joe in San Jose, you're up next. Joe, what do you got?
2: Hey, Brick, I, I, I love your passion, and I thank you for giving me the time to speak for a moment. So this is what I think is factual in the NFL. Uh, It gives you a chance of parity. Teams that are bad get high draft picks. The Raiders have been that way for almost a quarter century. Josh McDaniels is supposed to be an offensive guru. We haven't scored more than 20 points in an NFL that completely puts one, if not two, arms behind the defense. Okay, My seven-year-old son yesterday said, first and goal on the four-yard line, two and a half minutes to go. He says, Daddy, run the ball to Jacobs. This offensive guru did not run the ball to Jacobs. We have Mayer that has done nothing. Tyree Wilson that's done nothing. You take away the first six wins that Josh McDaniels had as an HC in Denver. He is twelve and thirty one. He is seven and fourteen, which is a one out of three wins with the Raiders. We need a leader of men. A leader of men would Cut Tillery right now. He is not a winning player. I don't understand how... I know you have a front row seat and you say McDaniels doesn't teach this stuff. He's an off-proofs of wizard. It's not translating on the field. I would love for us to win the next three games. The Steelers are lousy. Look what the Texans did mm-hmm. to them. Denver is lousy. The Chargers and Boy Blunder, I love that you said that, is moronic, okay? What we need, let's face it, we'll be lucky to win six games. I understand that we can't win in Kansas City and can't win in Philadelphia. For us to say that, we're the Raiders. We would never say that years ago. And when we have success, the first time with Gruden, we didn't give him the money he deserved. He left for Tampa. Basaccia was a leader of men. We didn't give him a chance again. Jim Harbaugh wants out of college football. We'll be lucky to win five games this year. Lucky. We need a leader of men. Okay, I know you're not going to talk about that, but Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, you see what happens to them when they don't have Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, I'm not going down the to Tom Brady again. No, no, you, that, you, that kind of like ruins the call with tying oh, every coach to Tom Brady or to Roger Stahlbach or to Joe Montana. I'm talking Please, about that, what that's like a hot is. button for me of ridiculous commentary. Yeah, all the things okay. you said, I understand where you're coming from, and you want the coach to win more and all that, and that is fair. And that's why you have a platform to make that call. But you know, enough of this. Where are we without Brady? Okay, so come on, that question, is old G- and tired and G- lame. G- here's
2: my question. Why is it not translating to the game?
1: You I've been talk talking about-, about that. I've been talking about that and I appreciate your call the whole show. What did I open up with? I opened up with what have I said? What's happening in Henderson, the plays in Henderson, why are they making mental mistakes on the field? Why? I mean they're not teaching to do that. I know that. I'm not out of practice every day, but I know they're trying to correct it, and the players aren't getting it done. So it's a combination of the players not executing the game plan to the best of their ability. I think it's a question mark on some of the play calling from the head coach. I've said that. You know, I wouldn't have gone for the field goal against Pittsburgh. I would have went to Devontae four times in a row, and I said the same thing almost with Josh Jacobs running. I'm not a big believer all the time of running it. At the goal line, I always go back to the Patriots win. Why didn't Marshawn Lynch get the ball at the goal line three times? Because Belichick knew they were going to do that, and he loaded up the box, and Russell Wilson was forced to pass and threw the interception that lost the Super Bowl. That would have been Russell Wilson's second Super Bowl total. That would have been a pretty big one if you add that up because there's coaches on the other side who do that. But with Josh Jacobs down at the goal line, I would have ran the ball with him because I finally thought his legs have activated for this season – And he ran in for an easier touchdown standing up earlier in the game. So, again, I'm critical. I'm just not as critical as some fans are going to be critical because of the role I'm in. I've said that all the time. If you don't understand that, I can't help you. I can't bring you in here with my key card and have you yell at the coach. What I do is I open up the phones for fair criticism. And you don't think he's a good leader? That's not what Max Crosby says and Devontae says and Josh Jacobs said. They don't say that. They're not putting it on the coach. They're putting it on themselves. But you assume that he's not a good leader. I don't know how you can do that and assume that. You can assume that he's not a good play caller from what you're seeing now. I think that's open to debate. But, you know, to talk about what they're doing, he's accountable. He's accountable. He's very accountable. And he's getting hammered, hammered by the media and the fans for not winning games. That's part of the job. That is absolutely part of the job. and The only way it's going to get fixed is if he wins games and if the Raiders are more productive winning games and they're making less mistakes. I thought yesterday was a big spot for the coach and the quarterback because if the Raiders would have won the game, I think they had a much better chance with Jimmy G. As Chris called in and started off the show, if Jimmy G starts that game, I think the Raiders win. I really do. I think a lot of Raider fans believe that. They had to play Aiden O'Connell. And if Aiden O'Connell would have won that game, beating Justin Herbert in L.A., by not turning it over and making a few more plays, there wouldn't have been much criticism for Coach McDaniels or Aiden O'Connell. They would have quieted down a lot of critics if they didn't turn it over three times and Mac Sackham six times, and the Raiders were still in an opportunity. I'm not going to say to win the game. I'm going to be fair and say tie the game. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but they should have been able to tie that game easily. You get the ball down at the goal line, you should easily be able to score behind an offensive line in the leading rusher, and they threw it away. They threw one of the worst interceptions you'll see from a veteran or a rookie or anywhere in between. Robert in Sacramento, you're up next. Thanks, Robert. Go ahead. JT,
3: great job last night with those degenerate gamblers. <laughs>
1: I just want well, to a little
3: levity to this.
1: Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. we, had, we had gamblers on my national show last night saying they'll <laughs> never gamble again because Mahomes slid and didn't get that touchdown. And they were serious. There were gamblers distraught last night on how that game ended, ended from a gambling perspective that were ready to jump. They're called jumpers. They were ready to jump up their houses. They were so upset.
3: <laughs> well, you, you deserve an Academy Award the way you handle those guys. Hey, I think it's as simple as this. You know, at the start of the year, we all had to make how many. You asked us to pick how many wins, and I thought they had a good chance to win more than eight, maybe nine. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the start of the schedule, and it was three road games. And, you know, I kind of agree with you. I I think the pack's going to be tough because the cheeseheads are going to be there. I think what's going on here is the offensive line um, is is really overwhelmed because I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know in the Buffalo game, you know, they just, they're not respecting deep, deep passes. I, I'm not saying if we had Henry Ruggs, it would be corrected immediately. But there is, Tucker, I like the little guy, but he gets knocked off the ball easy. But do you agree that we're just, something's got to take the top off this offense. Mm-hmm. If you don't have uh, respect for deep deep balls, you're going to have the run
1: just get overwhelmed uh you know, repeatedly. That's my gut feeling. Yeah, that's a fair question. I think Jimmy can throw a good deep ball. That's not his claim to fame. Thanks for the call. He can throw a deep ball, but he doesn't live and die by the deep, deep ball like only a few quarterbacks can throw consistently in the league. What the Raiders have to do is open up the passing game from 15 to 25 yards. And the only way they're going to be able to do that is with pass protection. So if the offensive line could hold the pocket, then Devontae could run these 18-yard curl routes and Jacoby, can run these 15 yard out routes and Hunter can split the middle and go deep. And you can do a bunch of unique things, but you got to pass protect. How many times have I told you all the same thing? The strength of the team on paper, notice how I went from the strength of the team now to the strength of the team on paper, is the passing game. That's where all the money is. That's where the star power is. And they got to get the ball to the playmakers. Problem is, they're going three and out a lot. They're running it. You know, a first down, incomplete pass, second and two, run it up the middle for four yards, it's third and six. If you don't perfectly hit that third and six, you're going to the bench. And that other team's going to take this defense in the first half and they're going to eat up six or seven minutes. And then they come out again and there's pressure on them to just get one first down. Forget about a touchdown. They can't find a rhythm. Things are not going well. Things are not going as planned. That's troublesome to me. They should be able to spread everybody out with elite offensive weapons and pick up 10 yards. Sometimes it's almost, you know, Devontae catches a fourth and 10 on a kind of felt like a back shoulder where he had to get his feet in bounds. I mean, why the hell are we throwing these 50 50 balls and barely get your feet in bounds? Run some crossing routes over the middle of the field. Where are the crossing routes? Where is the chaos for the linebackers and safeties having to pick up multiple receivers in their lane because we're flooding that area with a tight end and two receivers? I think the issue becomes we don't have the time to do it. Jimmy G was really rattled by Pittsburgh. He was. And Buffalo. And Aiden O'Connell was rattled by Khalil Mack. What a blown opportunity. How many sacks do you think the Chargers would have got if Joey Bosa was 100%? Anybody? Bueller? Anyone? If Joey Bosa's on the other side of Mac, and Mac got six sacks, how many sacks do you think they're going to get in that game? The Raiders dodged a big one going into that game. No Derwin James. No Mike Williams. No Joey Bosa. And they were getting routed early in the game, and they showed tremendous heart coming back, and the defense played extremely well down the stretch. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, all the four locations here, Summerlin and Boca Park. That's my home field advantage on the strip at the Palazzo Southwest Las Vegas on South Rainbow Boulevard in Green Valley on 9595 Southeastern. Grimaldi's best pizza I've ever had. Go to Grimaldi's pizzeria.com. When we come back, more of what's happening here with the schedule. I'm moving on to the schedule, man. Got a big weekend coming up. I got friends in town. The Packers are here. Got to win that game changes the radio show changes the team changes the vibe of the most important people the fans big spot here for the raiders on monday night another national audience they got to play better they're expected to play better
0: welcome back to the jt the brick show brought to you by the black hole become a member of football's most notorious fans
1: Yes, the Black Hole will be out in full force for Monday night in J Lot. All their activations over at Mandalay Bay. Become a member of the Black Hole. Simply do it. Go to theblackhole.com. New gear, become official member. It's that easy to do. 20% off all merchandise and so much more. They threw an epic party at Eye Candy. Great party before the home opener. And hopefully they're throwing better and better and better ones. They know how to do it. Short segment. When we come back on the other side, Sam Munson will go around the NFL. Not Raiders. I need a break from Raiders. Big show here. Big radio show. Going to talk about other teams. Kansas City and the Taylor Swift effect. Maybe that is the only other topic other than the losses that are getting the Raider fans more upset is this Taylor Swift move and what she's doing, moving the needle. Actually moving the needle with the NFL and what the numbers look like. We'll preview Monday Night Football coming up on the other side. So we'll be back right here in a few moments with Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. Some of the teams that are trending upwards, other teams that are kind of going in the wrong direction. There's about five or six teams that have make-or-break games coming up this week. Make-or-break for the whole season. Where do you put the Raiders in that group? As we continue from Raiders headquarters here, JT on Raider Nation Radio.